white middle-class myth that had got kind of exaggerated over time. I just thought Christianity was the biggest hoax in history. And um, when I was in my teens, I couldn't have been further away from God. I couldn't have cared less about the Christian faith. And it wasn't until my last year at uni, our last module, I got dragged along by a friend to an alpha course. And then I came face to face with who Jesus actually is. And I, as I began to learn about him, as I read some of the historical evidence, I realised, wow, okay, so he is real. And then it got me thinking, if Jesus is who he says he is, then I need to make a decision. And so I decided to follow him. And you know, for so many years of my life, I had missed out. I wouldn't say it was wasted, but I had missed out. And, you know, this passage that we heard earlier gets me thinking that for those of us who do know Jesus, even we can miss who he is. We can see what we want to see and miss who he really is. On this day we call Palm Sunday, 2,000 odd years ago, Crowds of Jesus' followers lined the streets of Jerusalem. They flocked in, desperate to catch a glimpse of their king. They wanted to celebrate him. They thought he was the king that was coming to rule their nation with justice. They laid palm branches on the ground, which were symbols of victory and triumph. They shouted, Hosanna, which means save us. They said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Because the Jewish people for years had understood that the scriptures taught them of this Christ, the Messiah, a saviour sent by God who would come to liberate captives, bring freedom from oppression, heal the sick and raise the dead. And so as they saw Jesus do these things, they thought, yes, this is it. Our king has finally come. He's going to overthrow the Roman occupying forces. He's going to give back our land that our God has given us. He's going to put an end to these ridiculous taxes. They were thinking, yes, they thought Jesus was there to lead their nation in the way they imagined it should be run. And on one level, they were right. He was king. He was going to save them. But they wanted a saviour for their current circumstances, their current situation. And Jesus is so much more than that. He's the saviour of the entire world. And to think anything less than that was to miss the point of his coming. So just a few days after this, these same crowds watched Jesus hang on a cross. Accused of the crime of claiming to be king, which by Roman law was punishable by death. How did the mood change so quickly from these cheerful crowds to mournful onlookers? Well, not everyone loved Jesus. The Jewish religious leaders around the time of his ministry felt so threatened and offended by Jesus that they were desperate to get him out of the picture. 
and they eventually manage to secure his arrest. They even go so far as to appeal to Roman law, saying, implying that Jesus was undermining their emperor's authority because they knew that would be punishable by death. These were the ones who should have been the first to recognize who Jesus was, but instead they completely deny who he is. And as his followers watched the nails go into his hands, as they watched him hang on the cross, a shameful death, they thought, well, that's it. It's over. We thought he was the one. Save Israel. He couldn't even save himself. They had lost all hope, and they were disappointed. They missed it. They missed the point that Jesus coming, his death on the cross was the victory. This was the key point. This was the victory. I just want to highlight three main groups that we see here who all missed Jesus in some way. And the reason why I think it's helpful to look at these is because we can easily fall into these um, groups. So firstly, there were the ones who wanted Jesus dead, the religious leaders, the unbelievers, who thought that by seeing him crucified, um, they were getting what they wanted. They thought this would put an end to his teaching that threatened their way of life. And secondly, there are those who didn't get what they wanted, because it turned out Jesus wasn't the military leader they had been hoping for. They were like, okay, well, we tried that. It didn't meet our needs, so we'll just search for the next thing. Are some of us like that this morning, searching endlessly for the next thing to fix something in our lives? And then thirdly, his broken-hearted disciples who felt helpless, completely disempowered by the shocking change of circumstance, they had lost hope. And I think of the three, this is a group that I identify with the most. Um, When I encounter disappointment, I can be so quick to say, that's it, it's over. And um, yeah, I just allow my disappointment to shape who my perspective of Jesus is. I've done that so many times, but by his grace, Jesus comes to resurrect hope and to show me there can be victory where I've just seen failure. In all three groups, the conclusion is the same. Jesus didn't stay dead, did he? We know that. That's why we celebrate Easter. It's not about the chocolate eggs. Surprise, surprise. So when his disciples went back to the tomb and they found that the body had gone, they found it empty because Jesus had risen from the dead literally risen from the dead, which is completely revolutionary, don't you think? It hadn't been really done before. And the power of death had been broken. This was Jesus' purpose on earth, to conquer death, to make a way for us to come into the presence of God the Father in heaven for eternity. So these groups, the unbelievers, the disillusioned, the disappointed, were all met with the resurrected Jesus, challenging their unbelief, silencing their fears, and restoring hope. 
the historical accounts of Jesus' resurrection and interacting with people afterwards is evidence that cannot be denied. And because of this, we know there is so much more to the current life we're living. We know that there is an eternity, something on the other side. And the resurrection puts into perspective the relatively short years we will have on this life in comparison to the vast eternity where Jesus says we will be with him forever, where there will be no pain, no suffering, there will be peace, there will be delight, there will be contentment. Our experience in heaven will dwarf any of the painful stuff that we encounter this side of life. This is what Jesus offers us. We don't want to miss out. But for some of us, we might not see ourselves in any of those categories. Don't worry, there is one for you. Some of us who already know Jesus might look awake, but actually we're spiritually sleepy. Our love for Jesus has just become a set of routines Church on a Sunday, connect group on a Wednesday, Bible study on a Thursday, and we can easily get into some kind of autopilot, and we live a religious life instead of living a life of renewal, of revival in our hearts, of enjoying God and growing in him, being fully alive. And before we know it, we're doing damage to ourselves. We're becoming um, spiritually dull We're asleep to the things of God, and as a result, we can make bad decisions. We miss out. I've got a funny story to illustrate this. Recently, James bought me some support arches for my trainers, um, because with every pregnancy, my my arches have dropped. They're just like flat now, flat feet. And um, so he ordered me them, and I put them in my trainers and thought nothing of it. And then after a few weeks, I'm like, oh, my feet are are hurting. My shins are hurting. I think, oh, yeah, they must just be doing their thing. And then I just continue in this way with progressive back pain. And I think, yeah, okay, fine. And I get used to it. And then we went away for a couple of days um, recently. And we were on the beach, and I took off my trainers. And James said, oh, how are your arches doing? I said, yeah, yeah, good, actually. I think think they're doing all right because... They did hurt, but I've just got used to it now. So, yeah, they're good, thanks. And then he looked at my trainers, and he was like, oh, my gosh, what is wrong with you? I was wearing them the wrong way round. <laughs> and, and he's a physio. He studied physio, so he gets really funny about things like this. And he was like, don't you know you've done five times more damage than if you hadn't put them in in the first place? And I was like, oh, dear. I did have this niggling feeling that something was wrong, but I had just got used to it. Sometimes we miss Jesus by doing things, thinking our way of doing things is the right way, rather than being open to change and realizing actually there's a whole other way of living that can bring us so much healing, so much more wholeness. And you know, until we get to heaven, Jesus is always wanting to do new things in our lives, bringing us to greater freedom and joy and worship of him. And if you don't feel like you're moving vaguely in that direction, can I lovingly suggest 
that perhaps you are missing out on something that Jesus has for you. And I would say don't settle. Be tenacious. Don't miss out on what has been won for you on the cross. So lastly, what can help you discover and step into this? Perhaps it's asking Jesus to speak to you, and when you hear him, choose to listen. Choose to do what he calls you to. Perhaps it's making time to pursue the things that God has put a passion in your heart for. Perhaps it's saying no to something that you know deep down really isn't good for you, even when it's costly. For me, at the moment, I've been, um, the last few months, I've been reading through the book of Revelation, and literally since Christmas, I don't feel like I've been able to read any other book. I've started um, trying to read stuff, other stuff, and then I just hear God whisper, dig deeper, don't move on. And I'm thinking, why? This is actually quite limiting. And I've been really stretched and challenged just reading through the book of Revelation. But from it, I've noticed God doing something new, just putting in me a new excitement and a new passion for the nations. And it's the strangest thing, because I literally was not that person. I wasn't, I wasn't into that sort of thing before. But now I just feel like God is doing something new, and I feel awake in a way that I've never been before, and I'm excited And, you know, if I hadn't just listened to that nudge, I would have missed out. For my husband, James, what really helps him um, to keep stirring his faith is by um, watching videos about revival on YouTube. He just watches loads of them. And as a result, he gets really excited and he has fresh faith and he feels God speaking to him. So he goes out and he um, shares with other people... um, about Jesus, and he prays for healing, he does all these inspiring things that he's heard and seen, and God moves, God does stuff, because that's what he's wanting to do, and we just need to say yes, you know, and as a result, he's seen God do incredible things, and people have come to faith, that's the sort of life I want to be living, full of excitement, full of adventure, It's about finding ways of encountering Jesus. And that might simply be saying, Lord, I'm willing to listen to you. If you allow God to show you the more that he has for you, he will. This is what we're made for. But in order not to miss out, we need to have willing hearts that look past our ordinary expectations. And seeing Bella and Jack getting baptised this morning is a reminder to us that God is alive and that he is at work, that he's worth following, that he's worth entrusting our lives to. And if you're disillusioned this morning, Jesus has fresh vision for you. Jesus has fresh direction. And if you're feeling disappointed Jesus has victory for you. And if you don't know him yet, he's inviting you to take a deeper look. I would just like to pray for us all. So if you want to close your eyes, you can, but you don't have to. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you haven't made that commitment, 
Jesus is asking you, are you willing to open the door to me? Are you willing to let me show you the more that there is? I feel for some of us, he's calling us to new hope, new life. Some of us are feeling broken and tired. And God says, today I put in you an overcoming spirit. He's speaking to you, saying, I am putting in you an overcoming spirit. Receive it. And I also sense God calling some of us to new things, new ventures. I feel like there's some of us here, God's um, been speaking to you. He's given you ideas and they're just like little seeds deposited in your heart. And he's saying, yes, that's me. I'm calling you to rise up. I'm making a space for you to rise up and take hold of what I've won for you. He's going to give you ideas. He's going to give you strategy. He's going to give you favour where you need it. Jesus, we just thank you that in you there is always so much more. Lord, we don't want to settle for less than what you have for us, Jesus. We want more of you, Jesus. We don't want to miss out. We don't want to be a church. We don't want to be a people that miss out. We're holding on to you, Jesus. Amen.